Hello and welcome to episode 246 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Lima. Oh, it's not nice. I just <laughs> wanted to share that with you. <laughs> I'd share that with everyone. I saw the forecast for Toronto area mm-hmm. this week mm-hmm. because I was looking because Graham said something about a polar vortex and I was like oh my god are you kidding I said Phil well you need your can't because Phil's going to Canada tomorrow uh, right. you need your Canada goose but then we looked and it's just a lot of rain coming a your lot way. of yeah, yeah, yeah so I will tell you that the last couple of weeks like through the end of 2023 and the start of 2024 it has been gray 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 we've had some rain like a couple of days like a dusting of snow um but mostly it has just been gray like i think probably yeah like i want to say between (laughs) i mean this might be an exaggeration but i feel like between christmas and mid-january we had one day that the sun came out Wow. That's... Like it, it has just been really, really great. And like only a couple of days that were like legitimately cold, like temperature wise, we really have, it's been very mild for mm-hmm. like for the, you know, for the time, but whew, gray, 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 oh. gray, gray. Well, you know, you know, I, I know how that feels. It's yeah. like eight months of my year, but, yeah. um, but I know we also saw photos of like Blue Mountain, of Banff, of um, Whistler. There's no snow. No. Because it's been so warm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not good for the planet. Mm-mm. That's what it's really not good for. But so interesting. No. Sandy, speaking of it's not good for a planet for the planet, I huh. was <laughs> I, I've been on a bit of an environmental kick with my reading lately and I don't okay. not for any like not for a purposeful reason it's just the way that it has happened but I read two two books back to back that were both like environmentally minded and the one was called Wasteland okay I think you would like it because it's it's okay. right up like as far as a nonfiction book, it's right up your alley because it, it literally is about waste in our planet. Okay. And like there's a chapter about um like the like nuclear waste. There's a chapter about uh, fast fashion and like fabric and textiles being waste. There's a there's a chapter about food waste. There's a chapter about fecal matter. Like 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 each each of the chapters are are about a certain type of waste that exists in our planet what is like why there's so much of it what is currently being done with it what could be done with it and like at the end of the day the answer really is we just have to use less like we have to yeah live a life where we are consuming less that's the only solution really there was a chapter all about recycling and like what a what a i mean not a a con is the wrong word but like the idea that recycling is the be all and end all is so false yeah you know and so like truly it was it was really a great great read and then when i finished that the next book that i picked up was okay was called fire weather and and so it was really centered around the wildfires in uh fort mcmurray california alberta okay yeah Um, but then, so it was really, there were sections of the book that were like an oral history of that, like event in that location and like different people who lived through it, like talking about their experiences, but then sections of the book were also just talking about climate change and heat related instant, like heat related incidents throughout the world and why this 
increased heat is so problematic. And so yeah. it, just, it, it made me think of that book when you said like with this no snow and that this is not good for the planet. Yeah. And I was like, woo, it is not yeah. good for the planet. Like it was, it was a, it was a, a real, yeah, a real, uh, I mean, it's the thing is you kind of like, you know, this information. Yeah. You know that it's true. You know that it exists. You know that it's bad. But when you like are when you when you read so much of like the detailed explanation and examples and like in a in a compressed period of time, it was mm. it was a little it was a little doomsdayish. Yeah. <laughs> Even though neither of the books had a doomsday kind of feel to them, like they both had a real sense of like hope at the end I was like "Ooh, we are we are in for a rough time yeah yeah well I mean it's what fast fashion mm-hmm. right with place like stores like forever 21 mm-hmm. H&M yeah Zara yeah yeah the clothes aren't meant to last a long time because mm-hmm. the quality of them is such that they won't last that long. Some, mm-hmm. I mean, specific items sometimes do, mm-hmm. um, but but not others. And and so, you know, you th- there's this whole thought about well, we just donate them, and then you watch some documentary that you see where the countries that you think the stuff is going to and it's being resold there but also piles of it just sitting yeah not being used at all yeah well and and that was in this book too they they talked about specifically they talked about um like uh clothes that went from the UK into Ghana yeah and like the procedure of how that works and then what happens when the clothes arrive and like often the clothes arrive like the um, they'll arrive in like crates and so they yeah. won't actually know what's in the crates and like they'll they'll order you know six crates and yeah. they just sort of cross their fingers that what comes to them is something that's actually going to be usable but often the stuff that comes to them isn't even usable and like, and that that's done purposely, right? Because mm-hmm. the people who are sending it, like the the organizations that are sending it, you know, are trying to get rid of the rid junk, of the stuff. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Um, there's there's a I think it was a marketplace um, episode that showed examples of the stuff from Canada and where it was going, and they right. actually were on the ground there, and they they. It was really well done because the beginning of the episode, they had like families. And so it was families who were trying to teach their children so they could see what happens to these things that end up you buy, like their teens and tweens also, you know, the ones who are the kind of like, they get hooked into that culture of mm-hmm. the the cheap fashion because they're really targeted for a certain age group, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then kids want to have all the newest things. And yeah. so just trying to educate children uh, and, you know, young adults on where, what, what is the lifespan of this? Like you think you've donated it and it's a good thing, but then you find out that actually you end up creating a lot of garbage mm-hmm. in a lot of countries, Correct. you know, and the stuff doesn't get used. So... Alexandra, my daughter-in-law and I, we have been around the same weight at different times. And then I've, you know, gone up a few and she's gone down a few. But there are things that I've, I, I like give her and I say, you know what, I'm just giving this. If you don't, if it's not of use to you, my feelings are not hurt. Mm-hmm. But she's like yesterday, she went home. She's got a pair of shorts on that I gave her last year. I left a little like little t-shirty kind of dress in her thing she's like is this for me and she's like and she comes out she looks spectacular and the thing is is that I actually had the thing on to try on and it still did fit it was just like eh, you know I'm not really sure but how is it that on her body it still fits well but I also had it on that to me is like 
<laughs> it's like the, the sisterhood of the traveling pants where the yeah. same pair of jeans fits four different people. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I don't get it. You know, um, but and and our weight isn't maybe right now it's like six pound difference, but my body looks completely different than her body. Yeah. Well, and that's but, why, and that's why something can fit, but look different on two different exactly. bodies, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but I often, she's like, please, she's like, you know where these ones, these shorts, these were Jess's shorts. So like, she's wearing stuff of my daughter's, she's wearing stuff of mine. Yes. I'm wearing a shirt of my daughter's like two years ago, she wanted to get rid of. And I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. I'm just going to wear it, you know, anyway. Well, you're very fortunate that you've got like a little group of people who all can sort of swap clothes around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm significantly older than them too. So (laughs) it's also good that (laughs) they actually are like, you know, using, using this stuff. I, I often think when the, when the environment, especially with straws, because there seems to be like a worldwide Mm. push against Mm plastic straws and when and there's a lot of research and groups who are very vocal that that isn't I mean there's so much focus put on one little thing that really has such a little little impact when there are other things that we really should be worried about it's also interesting depending on the country that you travel to so for instance Rwanda no plastic bags you're not allowed to bring plastic bags if you have ziploc and things that you they want you to take it home, but they do, there's no plastic bags. Yeah. So as a country, they've just totally yeah. done it, done without it. Mm-hmm. Other countries, it's about, um, yeah, they've also gone to like a paper bag or no, just like Peru before the pandemic had said no more styrofoam takeout containers because okay. that's that's a real issue in a lot of countries yeah styrofoam where the um, culture is that there's a you eat lunch out it's cheaper to eat out often than it is to prepare or you don't have a kitchen a full kitchen at home you've got like mm-hmm. a hot plate whatever and um, they had done such a good job and then COVID hit and so then. Uh. Everything was back in plastic, right? Mm. All the cutleries back in plastic. All the takeout containers came back. All the plastic bags. Yeah. I mean, all of those types of things. So it would be interesting to see how long it will take for it to sort of reverse. Some companies have really come up with really good, like, um, disposable straws. A lot of them are not. I'm not really a fan because it's coming apart before I finish my drink. <laughs> I know. Um, Alexandra and I, well, we were, we were in an airport uh, the other day and we ordered a drink and it came and it had a plastic straw. It was like a Slurpee straw. It had the spoon on the end. With, oh, wow. Well, I was like, what? <laughs> the real straw? What is this? What is this craziness? <sighs> Waste in general. I mean, it's, I mean, it's great that, we're starting like the thing is like we're starting with the straws okay great but like like you said like there are other things that we could do that yeah that we should be doing in addition to the straws yeah (laughs) you know that they can make a much bigger impact and like and also like with the straws i mean like even with the disposal like even with the the paper straws i mean it's paper which i guess Mm -hmm. is better than plastic but like it's still waste well, what happens on a, I mean, because I haven't bought them in forever, but what happens on a juice box? Uh, yeah, pl- I think mostly juice boxes still have plastic straws. Okay. And just randomly, I mean, what, like, is there, is this something about uh, the environment and sort of what's happening in the curriculums in schools? Like, what, what are, what are the, what are the boards, or what is the board that you work for? What, what, what measures have they instituted in school to try to educate because it's one thing to say well, okay you can't have this but if you're not doing something to tell kids why mm. they don't fully understand you know yeah so i mean in the science and technology curriculum in ontario um there in every grade there is some sort of a piece that is about like environmental stewardship and environmental 
concerns Mm -hmm. and each grade sort of has its own like particular specialty but like the the idea of of taking care of the environment shows up every year from grade one through eight it really depends on like what the teacher does with that yeah you know like that's the unfortunate because and that's the thing with with curriculum is it's like the curriculum is very broad and very vague and so then you know you you sort of it's it's up to the teacher to like put something together like and and it would be you could you know read a story about the environment and say mm-hmm. okay check i did that or you could build an entire inquiry unit about the environment yeah. you know what i mean like and a lot of that comes down to comes down to the teachers absolutely i know <laughs> it's, it's it, i mean it's tricky it's it's tricky so and and so Here's what about the other things that happen that are environmentally uh, connected? Things like um, the earthquake that just happened in um, Japan with the the tsunami. You know where, I mean, these things happen in more frequently in particular points in the world because of where they are, because of mm-hmm. where fault lines are, etc. Mm-hmm. But there are other things that contribute to those things, right? Mm-hmm. Like the temperature of the oceans, though, right? That create things and how far that a tsunami in Japan creates a, an effect throughout other parts of the world. And it affects wildlife. It affects um, you know, the, the seabed and all of these types of things. Um I mean, I know because you have an interest in things that there would be things that would happen in, I mean, I remember, you know, in school, like it was current events, right? So right. it was like things that had just happened mm-hmm. that that were spoken about in certain ways. And just because I know you have a high level of interest in things that those are things that you would I'm sure frequently bring up and talk about because kids because kids hear things too but they don't fully understand Mm -hmm. what that means Mm -hmm. right because Mm -hmm. we get the headline they they aren't interested in the and because they're on social media they're Mm -hmm. they're seeing a lot of different things too yeah yeah so I just I mean those types of things I guess unless it's something that happens really close that it necessarily isn't maybe going to yeah. be spoken yeah. about yeah it's I mean it's like it's like most things that are in the curriculum and most things that you know that are going on in the world like the, they're there in a vague way so if you have the interest or the ability or the time or the mm-hmm. you know passion or whatever it might be to mm-hmm make a point of bringing that specific into your classroom then that's great right but 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 a you have to have the knowledge and the interest in that area to do it yeah you know and and the time (laughs) yeah and and there there's only there are only so many things that you can really focus on and really address right so I I think that's part of the reason why I'm I am interested in reading and listening and watching things so widely because because I am interested in all those pieces of information but I also feel like as a citizen of this world <laughs> I I owe it to myself and the people around me to be informed about stuff. Well, I mean that's the thing is that you you don't keep the information to yourself that's that's the part of it right I mean you can be educated in something and then not share it mm-hmm. and you 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 do feel a high level of a responsibility to your profession and to mm-hmm. the to the children that you touch mm-hmm. to make sure that the information that you're sharing with them is the correct information mm-hmm. correct right correct, correct. S- speaking of like getting information and sharing information there is a new Netflix series that I only have watched. I'm almost finished the first episode. I don't 
actually know. I should have looked before we were we were recording, but I don't actually know a how many episodes there are, or b if they're all out or if they're being like delivered in chunks. Yeah. I'm not really sure, but it just showed up on my Netflix like very recently, and it's called "You Are What You Eat." And oh, I... Sandy, okay. So I'm I'm almost finished the first episode. So I feel like. We'll, I'll just like throw it out to you what it is, throw it out to the listeners what it is, like look this up if you've got a chance, if you have access to Netflix, like take a watch, but I feel like okay. maybe next week or the week after, like we'll have to discuss it more in depth, but it's, yeah. uh, it's, an, exper- it's, a, it's an experiment being done out of Stanford University with pairs of twins, with pairs of identical twins, and yeah. they're... What they're doing is they're giving, it's going to be an eight-week trial, yeah. and and the twins are being randomly assigned to one of two different diets. One will be a vegan diet, and mm-hmm. one will be like a healthy diet with, that includes all food groups. And okay. they're at the beginning, so I think for the first four weeks the the like the researchers are providing all of the food for the yeah the the participants and they're only allowed to eat what they're given and then yeah. for the second four weeks i think the participants are supposed to like prepare the food for themselves okay and they are they're testing a whole bunch of different things. So like in the first episode, they're talking about what the study is and then they're talking about the different measures that they're doing. So they did, so so they, they're they in the midst of doing like all of the baseline tests. So yeah. they're looking for, they, they did a, uh, like one of those DECA scans to see body fat versus like body composition, but then also like- yeah where the body fat is on their bodies. Okay. So they're measuring yeah. that. They did a like a respiratory test to check cardiovascular health. They they're they've done some sort of a uh, like an intelligence not an intelligence test but like a a cognitive thinking task yeah. test mm-hmm. to check their brain activity and then they also are taking uh, they're looking at in like stuff from their gut by uh yeah. by testing their poop i think um yeah to like see what's going on in in, in their gut and looking at their microbiome yeah and so so they're just looking to see so it's not a weight loss thing necessarily no. right um yeah. but it's it's really just to see like is there a different because and they're and they're using identical twins, so they're they're trying to from a genetic standpoint make yeah. it as as you know uh, fixed as possible, right? And, and just to see is there a difference? Like, do these bodies react differently to a vegan diet versus a like meat and potato diet? Mm-hmm. Um, or do they react the same? Or like, how are they different? And like. Sandy it it seems like I'm like 40 minutes in and yeah. it is fascinating like huh. just and even they have all these different experts that are involved right because they're testing all of these different things yeah um and and then the of course it's a television like it's being yeah. reported for television so the 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 sets of there are four sets of twins that are like televised and so I mean they're like you you get to learn a little bit about them and about their like you see them like interact with each other and their dynamic and so I mean it's it's entertaining also but yeah I'm very interested in like I'm interested to see like when the researchers are providing the food what kind of food is being provided to them like yeah like, are they, yeah, like, I, I'm just curious to see how it's all going to turn out. I I, yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I think there's going to be plenty for us to talk about. Okay. It's four episodes. I just looked. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Great. So. So next week or the week after, we'll have to do a. Okay. A, I'll a take deep a, dive, uh, well, a deep dive discussion. I'll, I'll take a, I'll, st- I'll watch them this week. Okay. 
Okay. Our and then, and so that's one thing that is, yeah. uh, that is upcoming for us. So, so listeners, if you are interested in that, it's coming. <laughs> and then the other thing that is also yeah. going to be something that, that I think is going to be coming for us yeah. is, um, one of the podcasts that we have talked about on, on mm. our podcast before called yeah. how to be fine. Yeah. Did I, you so listen I've, this week? So I'm, I'm only like partway through the first okay. like partway through the episode, but yeah. they're doing a month long series yeah. called new year, same BS. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're on. So I think for four weeks or for five weeks or whatever, each week they're focusing on like a specific fad diet. What mm-hmm. is the diet? What does it claim? When did it like, when did it sort of become popular? Yeah. yeah. Where, where has it come from? And, and so the first episode is the cabbage soup diet. Yeah. I'm, it, I, so I'm curious to see like what the other diets are going to be. And I'm yeah. very interested in all of that also. So I feel like towards, you know, maybe, you know, the, into February, we'll, we'll yeah. chat about that in, in retrospect, right. but I think yeah. there's going to be lots of stuff in there. I mean, the, the cabbage soup diet episode already is just... Yep. bonkers you know <laughs> yeah yeah you and I've I'm sure have eaten a lot of that oh yes a lot of that soup oh yes so, sure have I know I know I know okay so just something to yeah new year's resolutions uh-huh. do you make one do I make one or did I make one <laughs> I guess well okay I guess I guess I guess make one <laughs> no and is it something that you have in the past made uh I not actually like specifically like I think in the past maybe it's been like something that I've like thought about like oh you know it's a new year supposed to make new year's resolutions but like I don't think I've ever like sat down and like written out a resolution yeah. for you know what I mean yeah. I know yeah. in the past couple of years we have talked about this before and I have like legitimately thought about like the the idea of having a word for the year mm, okay you know and, yeah. and that is something or like a phrase for the year like like a motto or something like and that is something yeah. that I have thought about in the past specifically this year I did not yeah um but yeah, uh, but I but I have more to say about that. But uh, what what about you? Okay, no, I mean I think I'm sure in the past that I did, but not in the recent past. Like not I would say not in the last you know ten plus years have I necessarily um, had a New Year's resolution. Um, I mean statistically, by I think it's like the third week or something, right? Yeah. People have already become. Uh, fatigued. Um, but I was listening to a podcast, um, and I don't remember which one, but they talked about instead of a New Year's resolution, hmm. because New Year's resolutions are often a deprivation. You're, you're, you are setting oh, okay. yourself yeah, up yeah, to yeah. deprive yourself of something. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym more. I'm going to save more money. I'm going to you know something where it does involve a uh, a change that requires us to change something that maybe we enjoy or when when we don't follow through with it it makes us feel bad yeah right yeah and so you know instead the suggestion was very similar to you know things that that we've you and I've lived by or talked about before where it's, you know, okay, well, you know what, this year I think that I am, you know, going to, you know, twice a week, you know, go for a walk. Yeah. Or going to, you know, um, try to swap out A for B in my diet rather than these extreme things, which don't allow you any, any space mm-hmm. uh, for flexibility mm-hmm. for um, you know 
uh, days where it's just something that you do want because when you have it, then you feel like you failed. And then that often leads us to throwing in the towel. So just to smaller changes rather than big um, shifts, you know, in behaviors. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, I mean, this is something that we've, it's not the first time we've heard it, but something that, you know, that to me always makes more sense because I have really shifted uh, with uh, big swings in, you know, Monday to Friday, going to be extremely strict with what I eat. And on the weekends, a total blowout. Right. Where now I'm more balanced with, with that. And yeah, throughout the entire week. Yeah. And feel better about that. And it doesn't, it, it really reduces the, the amount of um, times where I felt like, oh my God, why did you eat that much? Why did you mm-hmm. do this? That was too much, you know, and now you feel like this. And then that just leads you to sort of spiral or myself spiral into just really feeling shitty about myself. Mm-hmm. Where now, you know, I, because of my compulsion with the scale, I can get on, like I've just come back from vacation. I knew I would gain weight, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you can't eat like this and and not. Mm-hmm. But the expectation was like, okay, got on it. Okay, yep. Oh, you know, I actually was thinking it might be more than that. Okay. Right. And right, now, right, right, and right. now just like, what is the plan now? Going back to eating the same, like the way you did normally before we went on vacation. Mm-hmm. and making adjustments from that rather than to be like, okay, now I'm cutting this and this and this out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I've just, I mean, it's been a progression over years and years of, of getting to that point, but I've found it to be more successful for myself. Yeah. You know, I have more, I feel happier. I don't have, I have less to none, no negative feelings about, you know, things. Yeah. It's so interesting that you've gone from like New Year's resolutions into talking about like shifts that like that you have sort of made over time and that overall that brings you to be more happy because the one thing that I had on my list that I really wanted to talk to you about today was um, a podcast episode that I listened to on getting curious with Jonathan Venice and he had okay. he had Gretchen Rubin who is the author okay, of the yeah. project he had her yep. on the podcast and the episode I think the episode was titled how can we be happier in 2024 and okay. I was like oh this is kind of like apropos you know like we're yeah you know, just getting into January and like let's let's listen to that a little bit and it was a real the podcast went in a direction that I wasn't expecting but it was great like and okay so so she because he wanted her to tell him about you know her theory of uh the four different types of people as far as like habit formation. And then he, and so then they did like a little chat on like live on the podcast to decide like which of the four categories he belonged in. And then she helped him on the spot, like come up with uh, a new year's resolution really like to come up with a plan or something that he was going to do. Yeah was going to make him happier in 2024 and like and she and he would say things and then she would like either ask him a question or like suggest a a way of changing what he'd said and so then like it was it was it was interesting to hear it all like play out live now yeah I so then of course I had to go and like look at her website again and look at these four types and and I know for like without a doubt 100% we have talked about this on the podcast at some point because this idea of like these four types and even the names of them they're so familiar to me like I I know them I know we've talked about it but I felt that it might be I feel like there's stuff in here that I don't remember and so I thought ooh, if I don't remember it um I guess you know I don't 
I'm guessing <laughs> that you might not remember it either, and maybe our yeah. listeners won't remember it. And I thought it was really, fa- I thought it was really quite uh, fascinating. So, okay. The so she has, uh, she oh she calls them tendencies. That's right. So so it's not a type. It's a te- it's a tendency that you yeah. have. And so the four tendencies are upholder obliger rebel and questioner okay Do those titles sound a little familiar to you no they don't that doesn't sound familiar to me at all okay great so um so so and she talks about what i like about this is that it's very much like we all have a certain tendency and it's mm-hmm. helpful for us to know the tendency that we have when we're going about our daily life. But it's also helpful for us to know other people's tendencies because that helps mm. us relate, yes. and, you know, work together. And she also talks about very specifically and explicitly that it's that one tendency is not better than another and that all tendencies, mm-hmm. like all of the each of the four tendencies has things about them that are really like pros and things about them that, that are like things that get in the way. So I love that. It's not a, okay. it's not a hierarchy, right? It's just, right. This is what it is. So. Okay. Um, and do, okay. Do people usually know where they fall in or is it like, this is where I want it. I, I want, I want to be, but this is where I know I am. Ooh, I think probably both. Okay. I think, I think that, because when I look at them, like, as soon as I read, so there's a quiz, of course, you can take. Of course. <laughs> but you don't have to take the quiz to know where you fall. Like, as soon as you read, like, two sentences about each of them, you know exactly which yeah. one you, like, what your tendency is. But I think, like, okay. anything, you know the tendencies, whatever they are. Like, like your tendency now in your current life is to have a balanced approach to you the the foods that you're eating you know over the course of the week like you know that's your tendency right um right yeah but also with tendencies like sometimes we look at what other people's tendencies are and we think like ooh, i wish i had more of a tendency Uh to do that so so i do think it's a little bit of like both i know where i belong and also there are things that other people have that i'm like "Mm, but i've kind of like that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so okay so here we go um yeah the let me make sure that i'm because there's something so the tendencies i was familiar with and i'm going to go through those with you um but then there's another piece of it that she talked about on the podcast and that's why i went and looked on her website because i don't remember that part at all so okay all right so the first tendency is the upholder an upholder responds readily to both outer expectations and inner expectations. So things that other people expect of them and things that they expect of themselves, they take like pride in both of those things. Their little motto is discipline is my freedom. So very disciplined disciplined people. The second one is the question. Do we need to go further to know where you are? (laughs) We we actually do. We actually do. do. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was a it was a little dicey. I was like, "Ooh, that's not like me." But there's another one that is actually me. Okay. <laughs> um. So then there's the questioners. <laughs> questioners question all expectations. They'll meet an expectation if they think that it makes sense. And so their motto mm. is, "I'll comply if you convince me why." Okay. Then there's the obliger. The obligers consistently meet outer expectations but struggle to meet expectations that they impose upon themselves so Mm. their motto is you can count on me and i'm counting on you to count on me also that's you yeah yeah and then the fourth one is the rebel rebels resist all expectations both outer and inner their motto is you can't make me and neither can i that's not me are you looking at me like it is no, that is not. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> well, I wanted to be the rebel just because I like that. But of the, course, the, the, but you're not the rebel. A description is on me. I, I think I'm number two. The questioner. I'll, think, com- I'll think, comply if you convince me why. 
that you will meet expectations no. if they make sense. I think I think so. I think I'm an obliger with like upholder tendencies. Okay. Whereas I think you are an obliger with questioner tendencies. Okay. I okay. I think I think. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. All of that I've heard, all of that we've come across before. But here's the part that I found extremely interesting and actually useful. So apparently, I'm going to have to look it up. Apparently, she has a book that is called Better Than Before. And in this book, she identifies 21 strategies that you can use to make or break habits. Have we heard of book before i we have we have heard of this book before okay no did we not read it i don't know maybe maybe we did honestly sandy i have no recollection of this book but i'm gonna look it up that so it's called better than before by gretchen rubin and and so she says of course this is a quote from her website it says there is no magic one-size-fits-all solution to changing habits it turns out however that it's not that hard to change your habits when you do it in the way that is right for you. And then, and then, and then she says like, here is the list of 21 habits, but then she identifies like these specific habits are especially helpful. If you're an upholder, these specific habits are especially helpful. If you're a questioner, Mm. these, you know, and some, and there's overlap with some of the strat with some of the strategies and then not with others. And that was the part that I was like, that is really, really interesting that it's like, okay, all of these strategies and, and the strategies are nothing that you haven't heard before, but the fact that they're linked specifically to like this particular strategy is likely to work for you because Mm -hmm. this is your tendency anyway, with expectations, that piece of it was like, aha, that's like the puzzle piece that fits, you know? And I mean, how many times have you been in a WW workshop or some other, you know, conversation with a person where you're talking about habit formation, habit change, uh, you know, behavior modification, you know, you know, small changes, big shifts, whatever. And you're like, that strategy would never work for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because it's true that some strategies will not work for you. But then you hear another strategy and you're like, okay, that I think is going to work. And like, and it all comes down to what your own tendencies are when it comes to following through with things. Okay. So here are the, here are the top strategies for obligers, because I do think at our core, we're both obligers. Okay. The first one is the strategy of accountability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All four tendencies, but especially obligers, find accountability to be useful for developing habits because um, obligers need uh, deadlines, consequences, uh, someone like overseeing what's happening, like obligers, like Sandy. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Yes. 100%. So, and then, and then it said obligers often even feel powerful, like they feel a powerful sense of obligation to be a good role model, to be a good friend. And so like when you have an accountability partner, you feel even more like, and you, and it's not that you necessarily, you, you won't even necessarily feel like, um, like it's a negative thing that you have to do it. You all, you feel yeah. pride in being able to do that, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, great, 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 great. Okay. All right. <laughs> the strategy of monitoring. So monitoring supports accountability and the more obligers monitor their own behavior, the more easily accountability will attach. So so for obligers more than the other tendencies, monitoring um, mm-hmm. behaviors, like I would say things like tracking, things yes. like getting on the way scale, like those, yes. sorts of, like those things are important for obligers. Yeah. Okay. Also 100% true. true. <laughs> okay. The strategy of other people. Because, um, because... Uh, outer expectations are very important to obligers. The people are obligers have to pay 
attention to the influence of the people around them. So, mm -hmm. and I also think that that is really useful, right? Like if you yeah. surround yourself, certainly when you're thinking about like, yes. like eating the way that you want to eat, if you are in a group of people who is, or surrounded by people who are also eating the way you want to eat, that's, yeah, that's easier for sure. You know, so, uh, and, and I think, whereas I think if you sort of had rebel tendencies, then maybe you wouldn't care. Yeah. You know? I mean, of course, of course, this is all generalizations, right? Yes. But, but I think there is something. And then this was also interesting. The other strategy, the last strategy that is particularly good for obligers is the strategy of treats. Um, mm. It says all of us should use the strategy of treats. When we give ourselves, when we give more to ourselves, we can ask more for ourselves because obligers may fall into obliger rebellion when they feel burned out or exploited, it's mm. important that they get treats as a way to energize themselves. And then it says, remember, a treat is very different from a reward. Um, and I haven't gone in closely enough to see what the difference is between a treat and a reward. And maybe I should have done that before. I started talking on the podcast about that. So that's going to have to be an upcoming conversation. Yeah, but, 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 if you, but just think off, just off the cuff about it. Like a reward is like, mm. it's, a, you're, you, it's a job well done. You're correct. Yes. Where a treat is something that is just like uh, a, a, something that you, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's yeah, not the no, same no. thing. I, I'm with you. It's the difference yeah. between saying, I will, I'm going to treat myself to flowers on Friday versus yeah. I will buy flowers for myself on Friday if I lose a pound this week. Yes. That's Correct. the difference. That's the That's difference. That's the difference. And, yeah. and so, and like when I, when I'm reading that and I'm reading about this, like, um, like obligation rebellion or like, like that you, that obligers can feel like run down or exploited burned or like out. burned yeah. out because of all of the expectations that they are feeling yes. both, mm. both inner expectations and outer expectations. I was like, Ooh, uh, at this exact moment, you are talking about me. Well, and I was just thinking that that is the point for you that often begins a binge. 100% Sandy. And 100%. so what have you, have you, I mean, I'm assuming you have given it some thought as to how this year you are going to try to have something else that alleviates when you get to that point that isn't a binge, but is something that is a treat, but not a reward because the reward is I have been doing so much for everybody else. And I just need, this is for me. Correct. And I'm going to take this. It's not a reward, but it isn't a reward. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so interesting, honey. That is really like, honestly, when I, I, so I read that I, like two yeah. days ago and I have been like holding on to it for the last two days. <laughs> desperate, <laughs> desperate to tell you because it was like a huge aha moment. This idea of like, obligation like obliger burnout yeah. and then and then like that you then rebel and I was like oh my goodness like that is exactly what I do and the obligations are inner and outer not necessarily yeah. related to food no. but the rebellion for me is always food yes right like it's I, I'm, I'm completely burned out because of all of these different things, because of all of these different things that I feel obliged to do and that, and that, um, you know, are wearing me out. And then I get to a point and then the reaction is, the reaction is, a, it, it, it almost it's a feels, reward. it yeah. feels rebellious. Like that yeah. is like that the terminology is even right for what I feel. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but it but it is like you, it is like you've rewarded yourself for all of this. This is I sure. deserve this, and this is my reward for it. For sure. But but but, but in, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel rewarding. No, no it it doesn't. Right? But but but, but you're right. Of, you're right. Yes. Right. And so, so so I was so I have been like pondering like yeah like, like what is it what is it that I that I can do yeah I mean what I don't like is the that it's a reward or a treat because it, to me a treat a treat is always food mm. yeah but I think I have to think about it uh, like I think I have to think about a yeah. treat that is not food obviously right no but that's what I mean but just say the word treat the word feels like food yeah 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 well like okay yeah. so like the I mean now we're you know we're we're back into January and like um we're I mean we're recording this episode just a couple of days before it comes out so so back to back to work back to school is is about to happen and but I will tell you like the last so I've had a two-week holiday and um I've just stayed at home and like cooked a couple of pots I think I've cooked three big pots of soup I've like gone like my my outing for the day is to go to the grocery store to get like three or four items that I need to make dinner that night like I've been working on a puzzle I've been reading like I just it has felt like a treat (laughs) like you know it's so out like the the treat a real treat for me is time <laughs> you know yeah but that that's not but that's not surprising because that's also your love language is quality time quality time yeah, yeah. so 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 the trick so so the real thing for me is how do i build this kind of a treat yeah into my day-to-day life knowing that the treat is time knowing that my obligations also require a lot of time like like this is the piece where I'm like I don't know how to do that but but I think I think what I have to do Sandy is and I'm just thinking about this now like as we're talking is I'm thinking about what you said about like small changes like I think I have to I have to think about like this two weeks, of course, was a gift. It was not yes. just a treat. Like right. a treat is maybe 15 minutes. You know what I yes. mean? Like like yes. I have to maybe like that's what I have to do. Like I have to build 15 minutes into my I mean, maybe it's 15 minutes into my week. You know, like like yes. something and and in that 15 minutes or in that 20 minutes, whatever, like that needs to be time for something that feels like a treat you know yeah but I know but for you I think it is because when you have these pockets of time because sometimes you do but then you always find something to fill it with correct and so it's it's going to be a bit of a shift to think about okay on this night, I have this hour, and I'm just going to watch whatever. Because yeah. here, I mean, honestly, when you were talking about the the Netflix series, I was like, I don't understand how that came up as like things that might interest you. Because how is that related to RuPaul? I don't get it. <laughs> you know, you know why? You know why? Because uh, I watched. I, I was sitting of, on that since you were told when you said it. <laughs> I watch all of my Drag Race on Crave. Oh, okay. Which is from Netflix, so the things that come up that I might want to watch are different. <laughs> okay, fair. There, I knew there had to be an explanation for it. The anyway. only reason it came up on Netflix was because it was brand new to Netflix. So it was okay. like new to Netflix. Here are the six <laughs> new things. <laughs> It didn't come up because it thought that was what I wanted to watch. <laughs> but now you'll have all of those things coming up because you have I mean, one. that's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, but, but I think that's, I think that's an important idea though, that you've just given me too, that, that maybe it's not, maybe the whole idea of the treat is, is to not schedule something like yes. that, 
that when I have that moment of, or that, you know, that, that, because it does happen that there's like a, you know, an evening or an afternoon where I'm like, okay, I have this, you know, unexpected pocket of time. I think yes. the treat for me is to not fill that time. Yes. Yeah. And be okay, but be okay with it. But I think that you've already set yourself up, Henny, because you, um, I mean, a big part of the obligation during school years is to also um, help your brother with his stuff. But you've just pre-read those books for this. And so that is something that you've already said that you can outsource. That's time that you've given yourself so that one week that you had as a gift you've actually it's a gift that's going to continue to give to you if you will let it if you let it happen it's so funny because the i mean we know this is why you have to keep learning and keep talking and keep working through this stuff because you never actually like finish with it you know but like because how many times have we talked about like it's not it's 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 all about the food, but really it's never about the food, you know? And like, and I think intellectually I knew that, but I don't know as I've ever actually like in my gut felt that until maybe this very moment. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Feeling really good about this. Yeah. feel like I had a little bit of a breakthrough. (laughs) 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 Feeling rejuvenated. I mean, some of it might be two weeks of vacation, but feeling... But that's good because you need that to, because you want to continue. You already know what the feeling is. It's not like you have to make sh- like adjustments to feel something that you don't know what it feels like. Correct. Correct. It's correct. Different, right? No, it's yeah, different yeah. when you feel something and you want to continue feeling like that. Yeah. Yeah. And recognizing when it starts to not feel like that. Yeah. Like it's, I think that's easier. I mean, just because I, for you, it's the food for me when I have that feeling of uh it's too much I end up mentally that's when my mental health starts to I feel I get really down and bogged and and that and so I it's not I don't go to food for that it's probably the last thing I'm thinking about but I do have the other thing so I need to be aware of that you know this year um to just try to catch that and recognize when that is happening and not let what the other expectations or what, and half the time it's not even an expectation that they, that's been outwardly said, I've created that. But that's, that's the thing with this particular tendency is that it's inner and outer expectations. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That there's a real sense of obligation to, to, yes. to both of those. Right. And, and then I think too, what you're saying is that it's, it's the outer expectation, it's the inner expectation, but then it's also my own inner expectation of what I believe the outer expectation yes. is. Yes. Right? So like there, there is this third, like, yeah, area that is also causing a problem. <laughs> that's right. It's messy. It's real messy. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's really, uh, like right on the on the nose though to say like that this idea of of feeling burnt out and overwhelmed by expectations that we have to meet that feeling is the same for both of us but our reactions to it are are wild different yeah yeah and and like you I don't think I've really thought about what has preceded like what has been the the sort of like the 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 point at which that feeling for me is happening and why like that I think it's because there isn't a specific point right like that's it. and that's the thing with burnout yeah. is it's not like you're just chugging along chugging along chugging along and all of a sudden burnout it's no. right it, it it's building and building and building and building and so then there is a moment there must be a moment at which yeah the like it becomes too much and so you 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 fall into whatever your reaction to that is yeah um but I think it's hard to identify that moment because Mm -hmm. it's such a slow build that's it because you think you're doing okay you think you're you're managing because you you are yeah to a point you know level yeah 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 
Yeah, because the thing is, is that the output, what we're giving to others increases and we're chipping away at our own reserve. That's what the difference is, right? Mm -hmm. My goodness, honey, this is deep thoughts. This is a Saturday morning. This is like shit got real here. <laughs> I mean, it's 2024. It's we have we have to start the year right. <laughs> we do, but it's great how the conversation started in one place and just naturally sort of brought you to what you I, I know I I knew that like I knew that this is where I wanted to get to because I, I I it's been top of mind for me for the last couple of days but yeah. it's you know and so then you're talking about resolutions I was like okay cool yeah. but then you mentioned the happiness piece and I was like okay, okay. this is exactly where I was headed this yeah. is beautiful. beautiful we were yeah. we were I mean uh yeah on the same wavelength and yeah. the conversation was meant to happen yeah and I'm excited that we already like have some things to listen to and watch yes. and prep. And, and certainly like I would encourage, I mean, it depends. Like, I, I don't know, like people who listen to us just natter on, like, I'm not sure if they would just rather have, you know, two, two silly broads talking about stuff or yeah. but I mean, like, I think if you're at all interested in, in some of this information yourself, like it's always good to, to go and listen to the, the like the actual source. Right. For and, sure. and so if you are interested in, in this, the, the, the Netflix series or the, how to be fine podcast series, like yep. we are going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks. I mean, check them out yourself ahead of time. Sure. Too. Absolutely. If, if you want no pressure. No, no pressure at all. That's right. No outward pressure yeah, from other zero, sources. Zero outer expectation <laughs> from, right. from us to you. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, honey, thank you. What a what a delightful conversation that we've had. Um and it's so good to see you. Oh, it's been a couple oh. of weeks. Yeah, it's good to be back into uh into our routine. We both have bedhead. It's all good. I mean, and I'm posting a picture of me and my yep. coat and my hair is yep. all over the place. Doing something. I mean, it's doing something. It's 2024. 2024. It's, uh, it's, it's having a year. <laughs> all right, my friend. It was great speaking to you. Thanks, yeah, everyone, you for listening. And we'll chat again soon. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.